Hey, what's up? This is your homegirl, Complex Angel, and I'm the Vibe. And it's your girl, Queen K. I'm the Vision. And welcome back to another episode of Queens with Vibes and Vision. So, Queen K, how has your week been? Oh, girl, stressful, okay? Uh, get these kids together for back to school. They are going in person. <laughs> I am nervous, but, you know, I'm ready. I feel like my kids, they need to be back in person, you know. It's nothing like that one-on-one time with these teachers. But other than that, just been really busy this week, just, you know, in preparation. Um, not only that, taking on a new position at work that I'm really excited about. Uh, I was nervous, but Complex was like, you got this. Just talk to God. You got this. And I did, and he confirmed I got this. So I'm just ready, you know, just ready for something new. Um, but, yeah, I can't complain. Uh, everything's still running smoothly. I have to give him, you know, praise because he let everything run smoothly because in my little head everything is chaotic. But, yeah, so that was pretty much it. How about you? Um, it's been a good week for me. Can't complain. Um, I went to a poetry event on Sunday. Shout out to Dawn. Um, it was real intimate and personal. Um, she has like a little stand in the house where you can perform at. Um, she had refreshments. I got to drink peach infused water. It was real good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I can't complain. Um, I made two sales that day and I went to, I know we took a break last week. I went to this event by Sunshine Monique called Cosmic Nobody's Convention and I sold four books there and I got to network with a lot of people. So God is aligning stuff for me. That is dope. That is dope. Okay. All right, y'all. We're going to get right on into this show. We're going to start off with my A.O. King and Queen quote. Y'all already know these two quotes are sponsored by Pinterest. Um, okay, so the first one says, girl, don't they? I even say they name too. They better pay me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so the first uh, quote says, don't be angry with people who don't have the capacity to change. Mm-hmm. That stuck to me because it was just like, you know, you getting angry and they're going to still stay the same, they still going to think the same way. It's only making you lose more of your time. You know, you're stressing out, you're worried about it, and they won't change. Their opinion won't change. How they thought about it won't change. So just Take a deep breath. You express how you felt, but let it go after that because at the end of the day, they have to, you know, it has to be brought to them. You know, the karma has to come around and show them what they did to other people for them to understand where you were coming from. So don't waste your time being angry. Take a deep breath. I know it's easier said than done because I am one, but I say this little chant where I say slow to anger and I won't let anger consume me when I feel some type of way. So I hope that helps somebody. Um, and the second one says, be there for others, but never leave yourself behind. Okay, so, um, y'all, I've been battling depression for, like, the last two months, and it has gotten really, really out of hand, like, to the point where I had to try to find me a therapist um, just to talk to someone because things were getting – they were getting bad for me. Um, but I realized that my problem is I put everybody and everything before myself, and I'm losing myself again. So mm. it's okay to be there for someone and to be a helping hand, but don't forget about yourself, y'all. It sucks, and it hurts because at the end of the day, you've helped so many people, but you're the one that feels alone. You're the one crying at night, you know, uh, wishing everything would end and everything would stop. So Focus on yourself, and it's okay to extend a hand, but make sure you're good first. 
That is my A.O. King and Queen quote. Um, All right, we're going to jump right on into that Queen K. Slay tip. Now, this is a hair tip that I have because uh, even with my locks, I have been experiencing um, very dry, you know, dry hair. So this hair tip comes from Pinterest as well. It says, if you have brittle hair, massage a half cup of mayonnaise into your hair and scalp, cover with a shower cap, and leave it on for 30 minutes. Rinse with lukewarm water. Y'all, when I tell y'all this will restore any brittle you may feel, mayonnaise keeps your hair so soft. I know it stinks. I know. You don't even got to tell me. But mayonnaise (laughs) is really, really good for your hair. If you want to get fancy, do mayonnaise, honey, and egg yolk. I'm telling y'all, y'all, y'all hair, your curls are bounce, your scalp will be hydrated. This is what you want to soften up that brittle hair, that dried up hair. Mayonnaise will replenish uh, moisture. So that is my Queen K Slay tip for hair, y'all. We're going to jump right into the sipping tea for the soul topic. Complex, what you got? I got a question before we start. Now, listen, I might get my black card revoked. Yeah. <laughs> is Miracle Whip okay? Or it has to be Relationship. I never waited for my um, my my other to handle stuff. I'm so used to and conditioned to doing stuff on my own and figuring it out. When I got in a relationship, I had that same mentality. So it was hard for me to just accept the fact that he had everything because when chips were down and I was like, okay, I'm gonna let him do it, and he didn't come through right away. Like I had already had my plan B, like quick. But Mm. I feel like you have to, in a relationship, it should be give and take, push and pull. Like, you both should be dependent on each other in a sense. It should be 50-50. And you should Mm -hmm. let, you know, that's how you really know if that relationship is for you because you need to see if they can come through in those hard times. I never witnessed that, Mm. and that caused a lot of tension in my relationships because they was like, pretty much, you're not letting me be the man because you're figuring everything out. And my whole thing is, well, if I done figured it out, I'm going to get it done because why wait? I'm not about to sit around and wait. And he like, well, you never give me a chance to prove myself. So it's hard for me to just sit back and allow my my husband or boyfriend to handle stuff because I, I'm used to just getting it done. Mm. Um, I was definitely going to say, I think it all depends on our background because I was like that. Um, I feel like if you come from a background where you have an interdependent relationship with your parents, they're always coming through for you. 
it's easier for you to do that give and take and trust that they're going to come through hell. You know what I'm saying? Like you even, it's even easier for you to pour into your man when you've had a man in your life coming through. But if you come mm-hmm. from a background where you have people come through for you, but they throw it, they, you know, they throw it in your face, they hold it over you as leverage, or they're always letting you down. You do develop that pattern of, okay, I need to come up with a plan B because see, like you said that you gave your ex, a, you gave him a chance to show that he couldn't come through. I was always scared to see that. So I always, even when I told them, I never <laughs> gave them a chance to show me because it was like I was so used to being let down, you know, by my uncles, you know, them mm-hmm. coming late to birthday parties or not showing up at all, um, you know, not knowing my dad. So I was basically like, okay, I'm going to come through. And that, in a sense, enabled them because I never knew how to help someone. You know what I'm saying? I just knew mm. how to enable you and make your problems my problems. So, yep. you know, that that question came about because, you know, in the movie, remember when um, they were behind on, I think, the taxes? The, no, they were behind on rent, and I think they were behind mm-hmm. on the light bill. And, you know, all Chris just kept saying was, relax, I got it. It's like, nigga, no, you don't. <laughs> but that goes <laughs> yeah. to my next question. So at one point in the movie, Linda, the mom, gave up and left. So remember, he was like, Christopher stays with me. What are your thoughts on him wanting to keep his son, Chris, by his side while going through everything he went through with, you know, getting evicted, sleeping in hotels and shelters, the whole nine yards? Um. Okay, so I don't fault him for that because my thing is, when you first asked me the question, you know, I went into the, you know, Chris, his son was his motivation. That was his will. He knew that if I got my son, I have to make sure I push to do better for him. But now mm-hmm. it's just like he felt like, okay, my son's going to stay with me because look at you. you quick to jump ship instead of helping out. Like, no, because what happens when shit gets hard with you and my son? Then what are you going to do, leave my son? So that's probably another thought that he had. Like, no, you're not going to take my son because he's going to stay with me. Because if you leave in this whole marriage and your kids, then no. And she, she didn't put up a fight for the son like she should have. Like, you know, but, I mm. mean, you know, some people don't have that, okay, no, we're going to fight over the no. She was just like, all right, left, pretty much. To me, that's how I felt. Um, yes. But with him, I feel like, yeah, in some incidents it was selfish, but being a kid who went through homeless, you know, who went through being homeless and having to go through shelters and, you know, sleeping in the cars, like, I lived that life. And my parents did not give up on us. Like, they did not give us away. They kept us, you know. We all stayed a unit, and I really believe that made us stronger as a family because of what we went through. I know most people look at it like, oh, wow, that's bad. They should have let those kids go. No, we were their motivation. I know they say that you don't supposed to use your kids in that way, but parents need that. They need to see, okay, this is not the life I want for my kids. I know this is not the life that I want for myself, but other stuff is going on right now that I'm battling, but I know for sure I have to pull it together because I have these kids, and that's what he was going through at that moment. I work damn hard to make sure my kids don't have to experience nothing, you know, nothing that I went through. Not saying that it was necessarily bad because it shaped the woman that I am today. Am I fucked up over it? I am in some situations, you know, when it get brought up, some stuff is still triggering for me, but 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, it shaped me, and I feel like him going, you know, him taking on his son, that showed bravery to me. That showed courageous. Like, he was determined. He knew. God planted it in his heart that he was going to be greater than where he was at. He knew that that situation, whatever he was about to go through was going to be hard, but he was going to pull through, and he showed his son. So I feel like that made their bond stronger. Mm. Okay. So I'm, like, in between with this, right? (laughs) I don't know. It's like Mm -hmm. I can never stand on one side because after you answered the question, (laughs) I'm like, you know what, that was his motivation. But a part Mm -hmm. of me – felt like maybe he should have had, you know what I'm saying, someone in his family or he should have let Chris go with his mom temporarily. And in the back of his mind, I've got to do better so that, you know what I'm saying, my son can have somewhere to come back to permanently. But then I think about when my mom had gave me and my sister to my grandma while she was out in the streets, that fucked with me because I – always questioning, well, why do we have to leave her? How come she can't come with us? Well, mama, you know what I'm saying? You sick and everything, let me take care of you. And it fucked with me. And that could go for Chris. But it's like putting him through that, you know what I'm saying? That can mess with you mentally too. Because like you said, growing up, now I work extra hard to the point where my body is breaking down to make sure that my kids never have to face that. It's like we don't know how much of that can traumatize the child too. Like, you know what I'm saying? We want yeah. them there as our motivation. But what I've learned is like, it's like a relationship. Yes, I am broken and I'm fixing myself, but it would be fucked up to have you stay here while I'm working on myself because you're getting, you're getting hurt in the process. It, but it's like, yeah. it's, it's no, it's, it's, it's so, it's so, it's a lose-lose situation. You know what I'm saying? Whether you do, whether you don't, the child still will have some, some questions and it can fuck with them period. Like, well, why is my dad not in the picture? You know what I'm saying? And then when he comes yep. back around, it's, it's just a lot. But that goes into my next question, because I noticed throughout the movie, Chris Gardner really tried not to show that stress. Like, remember when they was um, at the subway station, and they had to wait till they cleared out so they can go sleep in the bathroom. And, you know, he basically made it seem like that was like a dinosaur land for his child. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, how do you have the energy to have that type of imagination with your child, knowing what you're going through? So as a parent, is it easy for you to not show the stress on your face to your kids and to keep them in a kid's place? Yes, it is. But I will say, like, okay, so like I said, I, I've, I've been battling depression for some time now, and, and some seasons it, get, it gets worse than others. Um so when I'm stressed out, like, especially, like, with work and bills are piling up, you know, I try my hardest to hide it from them. I try to do movie night or, uh, you know, just try to hide it. But I realize the older that they get, they're picking up on that energy because my son, my oldest son, he's not really affectionate, right? But I've noticed mm-hmm. that he knows when I'm, when I'm sad. He can feel it. Even if I'm trying to hide it behind a smile, he just randomly walks up to me and gives me a hug. Like, he knows. And that right there makes me want to break down and just cry on his shoulder. But I'm like, he's a child. Mm-hmm. No, I can't do this to him. And I'm like, boy, I'm all right. What you doing? You know? They're like, no, I just mm-hmm. want to give you a hug, mama. It's all right. Like, he's been doing that a lot lately, you know, with me going through what I'm going through now. 
and my youngest mm-hmm. son, he don't want to be from up under me. And my daughter, all of a sudden, it's just like she just wants to be in my room with me. Um, I, they they witness. I mean, they sense it. I don't. I think it's God putting it in their heart that I'm going through something. But like when I uh, moved out on my own in 2015. Okay, y'all, I'm gonna lose that off, right? But uh, mm-hmm. I was contemplating suicide. I had already wrote up uh, my letters. I was. I had called my mom, asked her to come get my kids. You know, I had everything set, right? And I remember being in the bathroom just about to just end it, right? My daughter knocks on the door, and she's just like, Mom, I love you, and I want to give you a hug. And I'm like, well, wait till I come out, you know, just trying to get her away from the door. And she's like, no, I really, really, really need it now. And it was just like at that moment, I felt like God was telling me, what are you doing? You have a little kid out here. Why? Why? Don't be selfish. They've always stopped me when I have been at my end. Like, it's just like they know. They know. They know the way I move. They know the way I, I guess I act. They can sense it. Even if you try to hide it from your kids, you can't. You can't. It's no yeah. way possible. I mean, you can put a mask yeah. over it, but they still know. Yeah, they they can feel it. And at such a young age, you know, they're coming up to you like two years old, and even as a baby, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they spent so they spent so much time inside of you. So it's like, you know, you're just one with them. And I don't, I don't know yeah. what it's like to have a child, but if I did have a child, I couldn't say if it would be easy or not because I wear my emotions on my face. You know what I'm saying? Like, people always say, like, Tasha, you would be a good parent because the fact that I move, I go so hard and I don't have no little kids rooting for me. Like, you know, storms that I've been through, some people are like, shit, give up. No, you ain't got no kids. Like, it's just you. <laughs> But it's like, no, my grandmother showed me a side of life that I wanted. And I know that the only way you can get it is to work hard. You know what I'm saying? So every job that I've had, I always made sure that it paid more than than the last. And now I'm at a job where I can pay my bills and live comfortably, be able to save 10% to get me through the month because I don't really have a, a... a stable family that I could call up, you know what I'm saying, and say, hey, can you borrow this? Like, if Queen K, D.C. wasn't in my life, hell, you know, like, my my my, my extended cousins, you know what I'm saying, in other states, if they weren't around, like, I would, like, really, you know what I'm saying, like, this shit would be all on me. And they get on me sometimes because I'd be too prideful to ask for $5 just to feed myself. And I remember Queen K was like, girl, you act like you asking me to buy, pay a bill for you. You know what I'm saying? You paid your bills and you broke. You know what I'm saying? Take this $15 to go get you something to eat. I shouldn't be that prideful. So it's like with my kids, I don't know. It's just like I think I would be emotionally numb around them and I wouldn't show them. But I, I tilt my hat off to, you know, parents like Chris Gardner, you, you know what I'm saying, to just keep to keep going. I think that that is the yeah. most beautiful thing. Like parents, single parents, you know what I'm saying. Even 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 parents that you know what I'm saying that that are that are still together and there's a two parent household. The the shit that y'all go through, kids don't feel that, and I thank y'all for that because you have some parents that play that role reversal where it all falls on you. You know what I'm saying. You got to get a job mm. because. You know, my mama can't do it. So 
for the ones who be like, no, my children are not going to go through what I went through, get pat yourself on the back because you're changing the narrative, and you're changing the narrative with resources you didn't have for yourself. So, yeah, yeah. I, I just want you all to know that. So that goes into my last question for this aspect. Uh, what beauty do you see in the storm you've been through? Uh, that is always a rainbow. Um, you know, mm-hmm. to every problem is a solution. And I can't give up because every every failed thing that I've went through is always a lesson on how to accomplish a goal, right? All I have to do is put my mind to it. I have to get my mind right first off. And mm-hmm. I'm powerful once, you know, once I start moving, it's, it's just up from there. I just have to stay focus. I got the motivation. God made sure he sent me three times the motivation. Like, okay. um, so I can do it. I just have to, I have to be mentally prepared. You know, I have to be mentally stable because only so much mm-hmm. that motivation can do for you because it's, it's hard out here. Life is hard, you yeah. know, um, and you don't want to claim that because, you know, you, you don't want to get stuck in the cycle, but let's just be honest. It is. There's no handbook mm-hmm. to it. Um, but yeah, just knowing that it's a rainbow. It's it, like you said, it's a silver lining in that cloud. Like it, it, you either coming in, going in a storm, or coming out of it. So it's all in how you make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the beauty that I see in the storm that I've been through. Uh, wait, wait, were you done, Queen K? I didn't want to cut you off. Sorry. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, oh, the beauty that I see in the storm that I've been through is that. I have more stability now. Like, I've been through storms, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, with, with COVID and everything, but I think because I'm more at peace inside, I'm able to get through them to where it doesn't feel like a storm. It just feels like, you know what, mm. there's there's going to be brighter days. But I, I've had those suicidal thoughts, but I'm so glad that I have the strength now to look to better days to overpower it because before I had to mm. live with people to help me get through it. You know, now I really try to find ways to get out of that funk myself because I always depend on others to find solutions for me. And that can be toxic within itself because everybody has problems. You get what I'm saying? Everybody has problems. And it's like, who am I to sit up there and make you and and distract you from your problems to help me? Because now that's you suppressing yours. No, I have to do it for myself. You get what I'm saying? Um, and just the fact of like knowing that I don't have to live in fear anymore and that I'm not being controlled, that my thoughts are my thoughts and my actions are my actions. It's not being controlled by anybody else. And this is the longest time that I've ever been in an apartment. Like I'm always, you know, finding a new place every year, but after being in that abusive relationship where I was bouncing from house to house losing stuff every time I came and went, you know, I lost a lot of stuff. Mm. It was to the point, like, I dropped so much weight. People back at home thought I was addicted to drugs because of just so much going on here. Like, Mm. God told me, I need you to sit still. Like, I've been in here for almost four years now, but next year is going to be my last year, you know what I'm saying? But I learned so much (laughs) about myself. Like, apartment 123 has really transformed a new me. Like, I'm not the same Natasha mm. that first moved into these apartments. You get what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. and, and just another thing, just to be more financially stable, because like I said, 
I helped him with his addiction so much. My check was gone every two days. You get what I'm saying? Now I'm able to save. And that's something that, that's a resource that I never had either. Like, my grandma didn't talk to me about savings growing up. Like, I had the white boy mean face when she passed. I'm like, this lady had four savings account? <laughs> she ain't never taught me about savings. I had to teach myself. So, yeah, that. but that's that's my take. That's dope. And I'm happy you got that growth. I definitely see it. I definitely see it, hands down. Thank you. Okay, y'all. Oh, yeah, no problem, girl. You know, I'm going to shout you out. Um, okay, y'all, my aspect is called the pursuit, okay? Um, okay, so my first question is, we see in the movie that Chris would not give up despite all the struggles. What is one thing that makes you keep pushing despite the obstacles? Um, to know that I've overcame, I can't say the work, but to know that I've overcome stuff that I didn't think I would. Because remember I told you mm. before, I used to always joke that, um, you know, the day my grandma, you know what I'm saying, leave. Because my mom, I'm not even trying to be funny, y'all. I'm not even trying to be rude. But it's like with my mom, we were like the perfect stranger. So I didn't think that it would affect me. But I used to always make jokes that if my grandma passed, my world going to stop. And it's like to keep pushing through. You get what I'm saying? To just mm. keep going. But at the same time, it was me running. I wasn't facing it. When I got into this apartment, I had no choice but to reflect. You get what I'm saying? And that's why, like, in the Mm -hmm. book, Out of Darkness, you see a lot of reflections because I had no TV. (laughs) I had no furniture. I had nothing but these four walls and a bed. You get what I'm saying? And weed, a lot of Mm. weed to help me get through. So I I had no choice but to turn my pain into purpose. And you know, just doing interviews and stuff, that started helping me to click and helping me to realize things because I used to always wonder, how did I get to this point? So the universe with them interviews, Mm. here you go, here goes your discernment, here goes your clarity. So Mm. that's what what helps me to keep pushing, to see the growth in myself and and just that feeling of peace inside because I didn't didn't Mm. know how to think for myself before. And now I'm able to, and I'm able to stand on stuff because it's easy for people to gaslight you when you don't know how to think for yourself. And they, you know, motherfuckers get mad when you start to see through their bullshit. It stops with me, baby. Mm. It stops with me. Come on now. Girl? Mm. A couple people. It didn't stop. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, One thing keeps me pushing despite any obstacles is the fact that I know God has a plan for me. I know that I wake up every morning and I go through this process because he has something greater for me. I feel it in my spirit. I know my judgment gets cloudy, but that is the trick of the enemy because he doesn't want me to, you know, get to that that space that he wants me at. So I know like this depression, I know it's the trick of the enemy, y'all, but it's easier said than done to try to change it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I've been on this spiritual journey. It's, it's, it's fairly new. It's, I've, you know, I'm not as far as, you know, as you may think I am, you know. Um, but I, I know that he has something great for me and my kids. I mean, other than my kids keeping me pushing, I just I feel like there's something greater out there for me. Like, I'm going to touch many lives. Like, that's just how I've been feeling lately. 
So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what keeps me pushing because I won't be, I won't, I, I won't live in my past anymore. And I feel like that was my first step into coming into who I'm supposed to be, letting that go, like dealing with it head on and letting that go. Like I'm really changing the narrative in a lot of the situations that I face, like with my kids, me going to therapy, uh, me on this podcast, I'm changing who I am day by day. And I have to keep realizing that in order to see that I have came so far from where I've been like, I can't stay the same for the next three, four years ago. I, y'all, I wouldn't have been doing this. I'll let you know that right now. <laughs> um, I told you. <laughs> but I just, I hey, I went on the limb. This is something God told me that I needed to do. And it has been therapy for me ever since I agreed to do it. Um, but, yeah, that is what keeps me going, knowing that I'm made for a greater purpose. Okay, um so my next question is, do you get more focused on achieving a goal when all the odds are against you, or do you succumb to the struggles and give up? The old me definitely would succumb to the struggle and give up because um, so around the time when, okay, I have books before No Apologies, and I was in the process of writing unanswered this book called Unanswered Questions. I had just published uh Honey Flavor Tears. It was an e book. And my grandma got sick the uh fall of September, like two thousand thirteen. Cause remember Honey Flavor Tears came out the summer two thousand thirteen. She got sick in September and it just went downhill from there. Like, you know, she was in hospice by November and, you know, was basically at home. So I put that on hold for two years. And I noticed that, like, every time, you know, and then, like, my mom passed, like, you know, 2015. So it was just like, yeah, like, this is it, not meant for me because it's like when death happens, the world looks so different to me. I get the fears of how much longer will I have, who will I lose that's closer to me. And I think that that's why I play damage control in a lot of stuff, my friendships, mm-hmm. relationships, because, it, it, it takes a lot for me to bounce back from losing someone that I'm so used to seeing all the time. So I definitely would give up. Um, I can't say if that would happen now because I haven't lost anyone close to me, but the fact that we have people dying every day, you know, due to this pandemic and, you know, just seeing celebrities that we grew up with passing, it, it gives me that constant mm-hmm. uh, reminder, you know, Time is not on your side. You cannot procrastinate. You have these projects to do. So I've been forcing myself, and I hate to say it like that because procrastination is a motherfucker. I force myself yes, to write so. every other day, and I force myself to read on the days that I don't write because I feel like no matter if I write a sentence, a paragraph, or a page, that that book is that book is going to become longer and longer as I look back. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah, mm-hmm. that's my take. What about you? Um, okay, so other than you know, uh when I'm going through my depression, that's the only time like I'd be really ready to give up. But other than that, I get more done when it's a crunch, like when everything is against me. When you tell me I can't do something, that gives me fuel mm-hmm. to show you, okay, hold on. I'm going to show you what I can do. <laughs> hold you my might beer. think I can. You <laughs> might think, exactly, hold, hold, 
Hold my bottle. Hold. Right. <laughs> that is me all day. <laughs> yeah. That is me all day. Like I, I don't, I don't stop until I achieve something. Like I've always been like this, even when I was younger. If it was something that I couldn't do or that I didn't know how to do, oh, I was gonna do it until I learned how to do it. Um. Yeah. So I and I really love when the eyes are against me. When you like I said, when somebody tell me what I can't do, okay, I'm gonna show you. Like my baby daddy. He he didn't think that I would be able to take our son and daughter and raise them. He thought that I was gonna quit and give up. Okay, I'm gonna show you. Now, uh two houses later, a car uh, still working. Mm-hmm. Come on, now, don't don't tell me what you don't think I can do. If if all else like, put your chips on me. Bet on me that I'm going to push through, like, whatever you think I can't do. Because I'm going to do it until I get it right. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't succumb to the struggles anymore. Like I said, other than when I'm going through, you know, my episodes, um, I pretty much, I don't quit until I get it right. And the pressure is what keeps me pushing. So that's how I've always been. Okay. Mm-hmm. um. I, as humans, we are all in a pursuit to find what makes us happy. So why do we focus so much or compare ourselves to others and their happiness? Mm, I would say for me it's because I was compared so much growing up. You get what I'm saying? Like mm. my grandmother critiqued me a lot. Um, they compare me and my sisters to each other a lot. And, you know, being compared to other cousins in the family. So, that's how you that's how you look at life. You look at life through uh, mm-hmm. um get it from a half empty perspective. You look at what you don't have and you compare it to others and everything, right? Yeah. So that makes you even more sad. Scrolling on Instagram, you see people traveling, it's like, damn, I haven't been outside the, you know, state and it's like mm-hmm. you look for validation and approval through others. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like yeah. because I was critiqued, that's how I looked at it. But now I'm at a place of looking at it through a half-full perspective, looking at what, like, looking at people who have less than me to know, like, you're blessed. You know what I'm saying? Don't complain because it could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me, I, I'm pretty much the same way. I feel like um, – Society has a lot to do with us comparing each other. Like, instead of us helping each other and building, we often compete and compare. Um, you know, what one person has, we think that, oh, that's supposed to be me. I work 10 times harder. I should have this. Or I'm this age now, and they're this young. Or how do they got all this? We just we don't focus on the main thing, and that's just making sure we're okay. We can only answer and do things for us, not what other people have. And one thing that I'm learning and I'm really sticking to is whatever God has for me will be for me. Like, nobody can take that away from me. This vision that he's given me of me touching all these people's lives, he's given that to me because that's for me. Like, it's nobody else standing next to me. It's nobody else that I'm looking at in this vision. It's me. So... Mm -hmm. My thing is I feel like social media is another thing that makes us compare our lives because society tells you what beauty is, what happiness is. Happiness is taking trips and big houses and fancy restaurants and fast cars and a lot of money. That's what they're telling us that happiness is. When really, I don't care if you got a one-bedroom apartment and it's you and your kids, 
but y'all having family time, y'all bonding. That is happiness, and that's what they're not showing us. So we compare because it's the lack of. We don't have it, so we feel like we're not happy. Um, mm. And that actually ties into my last question, because is your happiness fueled more by material things or peace and clarity? I would say peace and clarity, because um, beforehand, when I had, um, I've always had expensive habits, y'all. I was in love with the Ford Escape <laughs> when they had converted it. And when I finally got it, you know, I had a good job, had a townhouse. I still felt like I wasn't doing enough. I, I, did, I still felt like I wasn't complete. You get what I'm saying? Uh, when I moved over mm-hmm. here and I, I got into, um, you know, my career as a case manager, then I'm like, oh, damn, I don't know if I really wanted this. This was to help my grandma. And it's like I had to reevaluate what was for me. You know what I'm saying? Because even being in relationships, I still wasn't fully happy. So mm-hmm. I remember I was talking to my cousin, Tiff, and she told me, ask God to give you discernment. And I'm like, okay. She, I was like, what is that? She was like, it's basically clarity times 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, you start to look at things from, you know, differently. You start to look at people's actions, and you look at people for what they show you and not the image of what you created them for. You look at life for what it shows mm. you and not what you created it to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to learn to, you, you, you have to learn to, like, really get on your shit. You feel what I'm saying? And that's what yeah. I had to do. I had to realize I'm not going to find happiness through no man. I have to find out what it means for me. And I had to basically go back to the the child in me to, you know, to see what did I like back then that people told me I shouldn't like and people critiqued me for. I've always loved coloring. I've always loved writing. And, you know, I've always loved, uh, you know, astrology. And it's like I'm digging deeper Mm. into it. You know what I'm saying? I'm learning to listen to the music that I want to listen to and not what other people want. Like, I'm learning to do what makes me happy and I had to learn how to do that by sitting by myself. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. that's my take on it. What about you? Uh, mine is peace and clarity. I've never really been a material type person only because I never really, you know, my childhood and, you know, me having to make sure my kids are good, I never really had the extra money to do all the material stuff with, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I can't hear you. Hold on, I think we lost her. Okay, her call has dropped. So she's going to call back up. We're getting deep into this, y'all. Pursuit of Happiness, my favorite movie. Okay, y'all, we just got her back on. I'm about to bring her back on. Okay, you there, Okay. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what happened. It just got quiet. And Can you then hear it me? Said the call had dropped. Yeah. yeah. It did this weird thing. But uh, like I was saying, um, material things have never been for me. Um, peace and clarity, like, that's that's all I be craving now is just some quiet time alone with God so he can give me some clarity on how to handle situations. Like, I need that guidance. So that has been the main key to me finding my happiness and being content with my life because it's yeah. not it's not the easiest, you know. Um and I got three little people that I'm doing this for by myself. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's my happiness right there. That's it. Okay. Well, I have one bonus question. Um, do you think Chris Gardner ever worried about going back to that lowest point in his life after he finally prevailed? Do I think he ever worried about it? Nope. Because, baby, once you, like I said before, once you get up there, it's up from there. Like, you will never – you probably going to stress about, like, it's always going to be in the back of your mind as a reminder so that you won't go back there so you will make, you know, smart decisions and choices because you're going to be intentional from that point on. Like, you're going to make sure everything you do won't land you back to there. So that's going to be your reference point of what you don't want. I don't think yeah. that he's going to worry about it because he knows that he's set, you know. Um, he knows that, okay, I, I, I'm not going to stop working because, uh, the blink of the eye, God can take this away from me if he knows that I'm mishandling it properly. So I'm going to make sure I'm making all the right decisions. So I don't think mm. he's ever going to have to worry about ever going back there. Mm. Um, I, I I think, like, he probably stresses, like you said, over not going back there because I know, like, low points that I've had, I work my hardest to make sure that I don't. But it's like things happen sometimes it's out of our control where like you know companies lose the contract and you get let go and everything like that and you know being an entrepreneur you know what I'm saying you're always worried about is am I going to make a sale today I think that if you just have peace and trust in God you know and just walk by faith and not by sight you know things 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 can always um things can always go well for you because you know that saying you know, once you're up, the only way to go is down, you know what I'm saying? But you got to humble yourself and stay on top and, and treat things properly because I feel like when some people get on top, oh, they get big-headed and they're like, oh, God, mm-hmm. let me humble you real quick. And then when you're down there, let them get up, let them get up. You know what I'm saying? How was your call? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You back? You, you ready? You know but, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, that, that was dope. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you because the moment you try to act funny and act like you did all that by yourself and don't get a man above credit, oh, he'll take it from you just to show you. Okay, I want you to know that you can do this by yourself. But okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, dope yes. segment, complex, very dope segment. Um, all right, y'all, we're going to jump right into that as a woman question. Complex, what you got for us? So the as a woman question this week is, is there a difference between hurting someone unintentionally versus intentionally? Like, like this is like personal opinion. Um, me, I really do think it's a difference because think about it. You don't, okay, so you can do something that you think will benefit somebody, but it'll, you know, it'll kind of hurt them in a sense, but that wasn't your motive when you did or said that thing, right? You wanted what was best for them, but it later on, like, okay, so say for instance, if I knew somebody was talking mess about complex, but I told her, but it hurt her feelings because of the person that it was. I didn't mean to hurt her. I just wanted to protect her and let her know, A-O, stay away from, you know, you know who. I feel like mm-hmm. there's definitely a difference, but it's how you present the information or the gesture, whatever it is. It's how you present it. Um, Some people don't see the difference because they say hurt is hurt, you know. You know it's going to hurt. But like I said, in that incident, if if I hear somebody talking, I know it's probably going to hurt your feelings what they said, but I need to let you know to be careful of this person. So I Mm. do think there is a difference. 
Um, I think I okay, sometimes I struggle with this because I'm that person that hurt is hurt. I was told by someone before that if a person hurts you the first time, you know what I'm saying, you can't get mad at them because they don't know. They don't know what your triggers are, right? But I feel like mm-hmm. there are some things that a person should have common sense and know, yeah, that was wrong to say. Like, I'm talking about the stuff yeah. that can bluntly hurt you. You know, like that one time when the girl at my job was like, how do you have time to go travel back home, but you, can, you can't keep food in your refrigerator. And after a while, she, she didn't understand why I stopped talking to her. And I remember one of her friends came up to me and was like, you know, like, what's going on? And I'm like, listen, it ain't nothing to talk about. She know what she said. I feel like there are certain things, like, because how would you feel if somebody came at you like that? And she had a child. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I don't give a fuck if you was joking or not. That shit hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you of all people know how vulnerable I was. And, and like, you know, because this, this girl helped me out. Like, she let me rent a room from her while I was waiting for my apartment to get done because I couldn't stay where I was staying anymore. So, I don't know. I just feel mm-hmm. like there are certain things that you should know would hurt somebody's feelings. But at the same time, I have to remember everybody don't know everything because there's some people where you can joke with your family. They call you ugly as fuck, and you just laugh about it. But when you go out into the real world and you say it to somebody else, it's like, bitch, I ought to kill you. You know what I'm saying? Like, who the fuck yeah. are you talking to? And it's like, oh, you know, like like for me, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Um, an old friend of mine. I used to guilt trip her. I used to always say, I noticed that you hang with this person more than me. I noticed that, you know, if it, if, if it was this person, you wouldn't do this and you wouldn't do that. And she was like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of you guilt tripping and throwing shit in my face. And I didn't see it mm-hmm. like that. I thought that I was just getting my point across that I'm like, well, damn, when you look at it like that, it is guilt tripping. It is sort in your face instead of just saying, you know, it hurts my feelings. This is how I see it. I feel like there's certain ways to get points across, but it's like if you never had that example before, you just say the first thing that comes out your mouth. Hell, if you never even express yourself, it comes out of frustration. So that's yeah. why I brought this question to because I'm like, is there a difference, you know, unintentionally? Or I feel like with certain cases, unintentionally. But I, then again, I feel like there's some things that you, you should have known that that was going to get your ass yeah. kicked or you, it was going to give you a side and I feel like, again, like, um, I feel like it's a person, too, because, mm-hmm. like, with you telling me that story, like, that's that's her M.O. She was probably just, that's what she wanted to do. She thought about that mm-hmm. before she even said something, because don't know, that don't just pop out, that don't just blurt out. No, you thought about that Thank answer you. before you said it. Like, you wanted to yes. hurt me. Some people are yes. out here just to hurt you just because they're having a fucked up day. So you have to watch mm. out for those people, too, because she knew that comment was going to get to you. She could have like, dang, yeah. are you sure about going out of town? She, she could have did that, but she didn't. She wanted to hit below the jugular for a reason. She was probably mm. hurting that day. It was She couldn't yeah. travel because she has a kid. You know, so it's, you know, it was envy. So she wanted to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to watch who it is, too, because sometimes they can try to come off as if they didn't mean it or they didn't mean to hurt your feelings. But deep down, that's what they were trying to do. That's what they were trying to accomplish. That part. Yeah. 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 Thank you for answering. Oh, yeah. No problem. All right. So we're going to jump on into that. Girl, I see you a moment. Go ahead, Complex. Who are you highlighting? So I'm highlighting um, an old friend named Kenyatta Williams. She has a home care agency out. The name of the home care agency is Superior Health Services, LLC. 
um, where services meet excellence. So she said um, their company, Superior Health Services, is a multifaceted in the healthcare industry. We are catered to the older adult community with disabilities or impairments. Right now we are launching Phase 1, which is our home health department. This service is free of charge to anyone who is an active Medicaid recipient. If you are not on Medicaid, we do offer private pay packages. Our home health caregivers assist with any activity of daily um, any activity of daily living, such as dressing, grooming, meal prep, light housework, errands, etc. And we also engage in mind-stimulating activities and incorporate moderate physical exercise. So, like, if anyone has dementia or Alzheimer's, they have different activities to help strengthen that cognitive brain function. Um, it's very easy to sign mm-hmm. up with our agency. We, you can find them. Um, their website is www.superiorhealthservicesllc.com or email superiorhealth21 at gmail.com. Black-owned, y'all. Kenyatta, I'm so proud of you, you know, because I've said myself as a service coordinator here in Pennsylvania, we don't see a lot of home health care agencies back in Michigan, and we need that. A lot of a lot of mm-hmm. um, elderly people, it's already bad enough that they're losing their independence. The last thing they want to do is go to a nursing home and be stripped away from their family. Give them services that can help them feel comfortable in their home. So thank you for this. Check yep. her out, y'all. That was dope. Um, yes. Okay, my girl, I see you moment is not just for women. Um, it's to all the parents out there who got their kids ready for school. Um, I know some started <laughs> last week. I know my kids are starting tomorrow. Um, I just commend y'all. Good job on getting them ready. Y'all don't stress out. I know this year is going to be hard for them, and they just need y'all right there with them. Try not to yell in the morning. Try to send them off with a prayer and a positive mindset because think about you, you know. Like, it was a Facebook post, like, you wouldn't like if the first thing somebody did when they came into your job is yell at you because then that will throw off your whole day. When we're yelling at these kids because they're running around the house like they don't know what to do or they don't know where the uniform (laughs) at, don't yell at them, okay? It's early. Everybody's brain is scattered at that point. Just love on them. Love on them and try to laugh through it because then you'll send your kids to their school with a positive attitude, and, you know, they won't let that stress of of you not being happy with them at that moment consume them because it will consume a, a kid. So I'm going to try my hardest, y'all, tomorrow. I'm just telling y'all now. I'm trying, okay, because <laughs> I'm I'm trying. Trying. I'm my kids are, okay? <laughs> I play my kids firsthand. Um, <laughs> baby, they <laughs> – they ain't for the week, okay? <laughs> they are not for the week. Sure. Her I'm oldest gave the white boy I'm... mean face. Her oldest boy gave the white boy mean face when she said school tomorrow. What the hell you mean? Yeah, and two <laughs> waffle. I said, wait a minute. Now don't throw the waffle. So, yeah. Oh, shit. Y'all, pray for me. Pray for your girl. But I just commend every parent, y'all. We did it. We're going to get them out, out there. We're going to keep them safe. Um, you know, we're going to pray over them. That's the main thing. We pray that any sickness stay away from them and that this year be just as positive and um, educational for them as possible, that they get to their levels, you know, because that being online, it did slap off a bit. So we got this. Keep it going. Um, So, yeah, that is my uh, girl I see you moment to all the parents. Okay. Now we're going to jump on into the A.O. Axe Queen K. Or, girl, I got something to say. Complex got something to so my question is, um, do you feel there is a good and bad intention in everything we do, or is it how we look at it? 
And if you want background, I'll give it to you, but either way. Yeah, give me background, please. So, okay. Um, with me, I have been reading uh, No Apologies. Um, I've read it more than once because I'm really proud of myself for emotionally connecting, you know, and allowing myself to put my emotions and really feel and give my all into this book. And um, mm-hmm. the bad side of me, the toxic side of me, tells myself, oh, you're only reading this because you want to be reminded of the toxic love. You know what I'm saying? You still want to be there. Like, I play tricks on my mind a lot, and it's like I second guess. Well, damn, am I reading this because I'm proud of myself, or do I really want to be back there? Do I find myself in comfort? Like, I battle with mm. myself. Like, I really wish that my inner critic would go away. Because I'd be looking like, who the fuck are you? And why are you so hard on me? You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? But then I tell yeah. myself, like, no, I'm reading this book because I have to remind myself of where I came from because I suppressed so much. You get what I'm saying? But I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. But what's your take yeah. on it? Okay, thank you for giving me that clarity. Um, but I do feel like it is good and bad. But it's what you choose to focus on because I go through that a lot. With everything that I do, I'm always because you know that has been my defense mechanism to always think the worst because you know just in case it don't fall through, I already knew. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's like a survival mode. It protects me from pretty much, but. I feel like, like my whole thing is, just like God hears and sees all, the enemy does too. And the enemy can be in our thoughts as well. Like with your situation, that is nothing but the enemy. You you do not want to be back in that toxic relationship. I know that it was a different experience for you. But you mm-hmm. deep down in your heart, that is not where you want to do. But that, that trick of the enemy will have you like, well, damn, am I just connected to this book because I do want to yeah. see what that's like now. I want to see, you know, if he'll be better this go around. That is nothing but the enemy. And then you got to distinguish between the enemy and God sending you another test as well. So it is a lot of back and forth because God will put you mm-hmm. through some stuff too just to see if you learned your lesson. Like he'll dress yeah. it up different but give it to you the same way. So you have to really just be secure in your decision. Know that, okay, this is a good decision for me. Uh, you know, I'm going to be intentional with this. I prayed about it. God told me this is what he needs for me to do. So you just have to mm. make sure you just stay with the good. Like, I know it's hard because, like I said, I battle with this every day. Like, with this new position, I'm not going to – y'all, I call contest. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I want to go back to work. I don't know. But she was like, you got this. It's okay. Because I'm like, I don't know if how they're going to accept me, you know, with this role and – it was a lot, but it was like in the back of my head what was going on was you won't be good at this role. You're young you're you're the young you know, you're younger than everybody here. How are you gonna tell somebody what to do and they're older and they've been there longer than you? That's not gonna fall through. You ain't gonna do nothing but be stressed out. You know, you already gotta watch kids, now you're gonna have to go at it. We're gonna like I'm t- like I wasn't there. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. Okay, God, I need you to shut the voices out. I need you to speak to me. I need you to show me what you need me to do. And I'm telling you, today I woke up, I took a deep breath, I gave him my first 30 minutes, as soon as I opened up my eyes, I gave him thanks, I listened to my gospel, and I just prayed. I just prayed, and I told him everything. 
and a peace came over me like, you got this. This is what I told you that I wanted you to start doing. You're going to touch people. You, I don't know the way yet, but I know that he has something in store for me with this position. Like, this is just another mm-hmm. stepping stone for me. So, because yeah. a year ago, I wasn't here. And, it, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's changing with this position. So, I'm thankful for it, and I'm ready to go on this journey. I just know that I have to keep God close and put him in all my decisions. So, yeah, I do feel like it is good and bad, but it's what you choose to focus on. That's right. Thank you. Okay. Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, I did have something to say because I ran across a post. I know we kind of running off our time, Mm-mm. but I ran, across no, a post. I ran across a post that said, a lot of grown men date little girls to avoid the grown woman pressure. Mm. Is this true? How do you feel about that complex? I know we touched on it um, in the She's Too Fast. I I really do feel like they um, – they date younger girls because they know that their their mental is not there yet, and they can shape mm-hmm. them and control them to do what they want. Because an older woman, she's not she knows what she wants. I would say I would say some of them because a lot of us are in mm-hmm. our 40s and 50s, and we don't even realize that we're grown. A lot of us are still messy, but the woman who wants, you know, what I'm saying somebody to be on their shit. A, a grown man knows that I can't, I can't get over on her. She's going to see the little boy inside of me, so I need to date someone because, you know, it's like Mama Bush said, you know, their mentality, even though they're this age, their mentality is stopped at somewhere else because I remember when I was 27 when I was just first going through the abuse and everything, oh, I was out here living reckless. My mind was like I'm 17 again. No, sweetie, you're 27 mm-hmm. 30 is around the corner, you have to stop. And I know we say all the time, age is nothing but a number, but at the same time, it's up to you to change the narrative because you can't be out here living reckless. I feel like we say that to so to give us a reason to live reckless. So, yeah, I definitely think mm. that. Yeah, I was about to say, I definitely, when I, I yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I, mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure dealing with somebody, especially a woman that already has everything together, like that's bringing her own table and the dinner plate. You know, um, <laughs> it's hard to compete. You don't want to have to compete with that because, you know, as a man, you are made to feel like you're the superior being and they're supposed to follow up under you. But when a woman has her own, you know, yeah, she'll be submissive when the time is right, but then you're going to still listen to her. When she knows her voice, oh, you're going to listen and they don't, I feel like it's a challenge, just like, um, you know, I guess for some 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 women that date younger, they experience that too. You know, they don't want a man that's, uh, you know, it's a lot of women out there who look for a younger man because of the excitement, the non-commitment, you know, somebody that they can yeah. shape and mold. So it, it, it can go both ways, really. But mm-hmm. um, I just feel like you don't want somebody established because you want to be the one that provides everything. You want them to depend on you solely, and that's not how it goes all the time. Mm, so, yeah. That's right. Okay. So, y'all, that was a dope segment. Um, thank you, Complex, for answering that for me. Um, we're going to jump on into that okay. no apology thought and that self-affirmation. All right. So I got to this first one um, I found through Facebook Memories. I actually wrote this January 22nd, 2019, and boy, was I a hypocrite back then. Queen K read the book, oh. and she knows why I say <laughs> this. Um, but it was, you have to learn to really love yourself. 
That means avoiding anything that will make you lose value of yourself. When you don't accept all of the drama and the repeated mistakes, people will have a higher respect for you. Make them feel the impact of what it's like to lose you instead of losing yourself to keep them. And this applies to family, friends, and relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. I have had anxiety about what I should do when I go back home to visit. Do I, you know, put my feeling, personal feelings to the side about how I feel like my family is very one-sided? <clears throat> and go see people, or do I set that boundary and only be around people celebrate me and not just tolerate me? And I had to tell Mm -hmm. myself, like, you know, this self-love journey is personal. What is going to make you happy being around people that celebrate me, that I'm seen and heard by, and not just, you know, people that know that it don't take nothing to pick up the phone, but they don't, so they give you all these gifts to appease you. No, I'm not doing that. I'm already driving 10 hours out the way, and I have friends who's not even blood that make me feel more at home and comfortable than my own family does. So I have to let them know what it's like to lose me instead of losing myself to always please them. No. And my other one is um, learn to be okay with not being invited, included, or considered. Sometimes it's God's way of protection. Now, there have been friends, that I, there have been friendships that I developed here and friendships that faded away, and I always question, what did I do wrong? And that's God's way of protection. Maybe he felt like this person can't go with you on your journey. This person sees something in you that they don't want to tarnish, and they know that they fucked up. Don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Just keep going, keep growing, and I'm going to bring people in your life that's going to align with you. You get what I'm saying? So. Don't take it personal. Yeah. When you see somebody out having fun, let them be. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to have mm-hmm. fun regardless without you. And my self-affirmation, I'm giving it to Law 11. That's the law of patience and reward. So it says success requires patience, consistent hard work, and the self-assurance that you will get the reward for your efforts. So my affirmation is I am not trying, I am doing I believe in my passion because it is purpose rooted from my pain. I release the negative thoughts people have said about my work and embrace those who have found the same healing in it as I have. So those are my no apology thoughts and my self-affirmation for the night. With that being said, I'm Complex Angel. I'm the vibe. And I'm Queen K. I'm the vision. And peace and love, y'all. We are out. Peace and love.